Yud Aleph Kislev Tafshin Ayin Vav, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Kleinstein, Matanot, Ktanot, 
opens things up on the Israel Show. Welcome one and all to this week's edition of the Israel Show. We're coming to you live, as we do each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM, Eastern, 4 PM, Israel time. However, you can listen to us whenever you'd like to, on demand, via the podcast, via the website, NachumSiegel.com, via the NachumSiegel Network app, which is available for free, both for Android and for iPhones. There are so many ways to listen to us. You can download it onto your uh, device and listen whenever you like. So tell your friends and uh, neighbors and anybody who you think is going to be interested in programming such as this. Uh, this has been some week, wow, since the last time we spoke and we were talking about the wedding of, um, the wedding of the, um, daughter of, uh, Yaakov Littman who was murdered and the sister of Netanel Littman who was, uh, murdered Erev Shabbat as they were going to the Ufruf since then. So much has happened. The wedding has been uh, rescheduled. It will take place this coming Thursday. And uh, in an amazing, uh, most beautiful move of, of, of strength and of, of coming out of Avelut with joy, they've decided to have the ceremony, the wedding ceremony and the celebration together with all of Am Yisrael. They want everybody to rejoice with them. And so they've reissued the invitation calling for everyone, all of Am Yisrael are invited to Binyanei HaUmad, the convention center in Yerushalayim, to join with them in this amazing celebration as they come out of their Avelut. They, they, um, it, not in the printed version, but in the version that they had loaded originally onto Facebook and other sources, the pasuk on top of the invitation, which um, usually says, Nalet Yushalayim Rosh Simchatein, or something like that, said, it quoted a pasuk from Micha, Perek Zayin, Altis Mechi Oyavti. Don't rejoice, my enemy. Kinafalti, Kamti. Yes, I've fallen, but I've gotten up again. even when I sit in the darkness, Hashem Orli. God is my light, and it's such an amazing Pasuk. So appropriate. So that is the joy and the sadness. We've also suffered more killings. Last end of last week, Ruven Aviram and Aharon Yasayab, as they were davening Mincha in Tel Aviv in a makeshift minion, were were murdered by an Arab terrorist. And then near Gush Etzion, yet again, that same place that so much has happened at. The three boys were kidnapped there. Yaakov Don, who was uh, 50 father of five, I believe, an educator, spent his life in Chinuch. Everybody loved this man. He was shot by an Arab terrorist, as was Ezra Schwartz. I think many of you have heard already the story of Ezra 
a young man from Sharon, Massachusetts, 18-year-old, who went to Israel for the year after high school, as thousands and thousands of uh, young men do, and women. He was uh, on a chesed mission with uh, five other friends, and their their minivan was sprayed with rifle fire. It was an Uzi rifle by an Arab terrorist who lightly injured all the friends, but Ezra Schwartz was killed, was murdered. And of course it hits home when it hits home, right? Studying for a year, we know so many people who are studying for a year in Israel, whose children are studying for a year in Israel. We're so familiar with the programs. We here at Ariel Tours are very close with uh, many of them. We uh, are the official agent for about 20 different one-year programs in Israel, and uh, Ashrena, which is where this young man was studying, is one of them. And of course, when you when you have a little bit of a personal kesher, not 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 even a strong personal relationship, but a little bit of a relationship, you feel the pain even more. We posted yesterday a link to uh, I think it's like an hour long um, funeral. I guess is the only way to put it. It's a funeral that took place as his body was being sent back to Sharon, Massachusetts for burial. His friends, a few hundred of his yeshiva mates and friends and relatives that were in Israel came to Ben Gurion Airport in what can only be described as the most heart-wrenching ceremony, whatever you want to call it. You have to see it. Go onto the Facebook page. The link is there. His friends locked arm in arm in a big, huge circle, singing Na'ar Haiti Gamzakanti Vlaraiti Tzadik Ne'ezav V'zaro Mavakesh Lachem Hashem Oz Lamoitein Hashem Yivorechet Amova Shalom And they sang Hatikva in the middle of this huge circle. In the middle of this huge circle they put items, personal items of his, his favorite Israeli drink. The um, football jersey of the team that he really loved. Wow. Of course, Rosh Yeshiva spoke, friends spoke. He was clearly a, a, a really special kid. And he's not with us anymore because because Arab, Palestinian, Islamic murderers know that they can do this and get away with it and even if they don't get away with it they've been brainwashed into believing that if they get killed they'll go to heaven and last night Hadar Bukhris was killed in the very same place near Gush Etzion. she's from Tzfat she was buried today and just a few minutes ago another Israeli young man was killed stabbed near Modi'in at a gas station on Highway 443. It continues. 
it doesn't stop. Israel is, people ask me, why doesn't Israel retaliate? And the answer is, there's not really anybody to retaliate against per se. There's no organization sending these people out. There's incitement going on and they're trying to stop that. They closed down the radio station in Hebron. They have um, outlawed the uh, Islamic group that is very involved in inciting murder led by Rad Salah. They've taken measures, but at the end of the day, there is not much that one can do when you have a population that is... Um, totally convinced that if if they die, they, they, it's the best thing that can happen to them. And when their parents, after they are killed, their parents say that they're great heroes because they killed a Jew. So I think the government is somewhat handcuffed. Of course, uh, we have a president in the United States who we shall see soon, a little later in the program, who doesn't believe in... Uh, and the existence of Islamic radicalism has nothing to do with Islam. You'll hear that. So, it's a little depressing, but we have to continue. We uh, we must be able to persevere and continue on. And we'll do so. We'll have some music, and then we'll go on to the statements of uh, John Kerry in Paris. That will absolutely astound you. And later on, we're going to bring you an interview with the CEO of Sagot Winery, one of the leading wineries in Israel. It is located in Eretz Binyamin, over the quote-unquote green line, in the quote-unquote occupied territories. It, it is an Israeli settlement. And so, their wine has to be specially tagged, according to the European Union, Stating specifically that it's from an Israeli settlement, we'll bring you this very interesting interview with Yaakov Berg a little later in the show. In the meantime, we'll have some upbeat music, get us into a better mood. This is Café Turki, Mickey Gavrielov and Tamar Eisenman. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank 
Classic song by uh, Arik Einstein many years ago. Cafe Turki. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to this show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. All the songs that we play during the show, we post their their YouTube links. Okay, we post links to their YouTube videos on our Facebook page sometime after the show, usually within an hour or so. And if you are on our Facebook page, you can see them, listen to them whenever you want, see the videos, and much, much, much more things that we post during the week. As we mentioned, the link to the uh, heart-wrenching funeral this Saturday night. We had the first picture of Jonathan Pollard just a few hours after his, like two less than two hours after his release. We had the first picture of his with his wife out of prison, and then we had a very soon after its release the first video of Jonathan Pollard, and of course. We make a point of uh, mentioning his release 30 years after his arrest to the day. Well, one day less because the day was Shabbat. And he had to go to the parole office, have a ankle bracelet put on. He's still not totally free. And um, I, I, for one, am very happy to know that after one of the longest prison sentences for a spy for a friendly country, he is now free. Well, John Kerry <clears throat> continues his, uh, I don't know what to call it, stupid, I can't think of any other word but stupid comments. After the Paris terror attacks, he went to France, stood in front of the American embassy, and made a statement that, I, I, how do you even kind of, I don't even know, you know, um, our friend Benji Kramer, um, I read the statement to him and he said, 
Are you quoting or are you paraphrasing? I said, no, no, I'm quoting. This is exactly what he said. It's unbelievable. So here's what we're going to do. I don't need to quote it to you. I'm going to play it for you. And then we'll discuss it just a bit. John Kerry, just after the Paris attacks, who attacked in Paris? Oh, I have no idea. There were some people with guns, I hear. In the last days, obviously, uh, that has been particularly put to the test. Let me let me just inject that when he says that in the last days that has been particularly put to the test, he means the commitment of those people in the U.S. Uh, em, uh, embassy in Paris and the, their cooperation and work. That's what he was referring to. There's something different about what happened from Charlie Hebdo, and I think everybody would feel that. Uh, there was a sort of particularized focus and perhaps even a legitimacy uh, in terms of, uh, uh, not a legitimacy, but a, but a rationale that you could attach yourself to somehow and say, okay, they're really angry because of this or that. This Friday was absolutely indiscriminate. It wasn't to aggrieve one particular sense of wrong. It was to terrorize people. It was to attack everything that we do stand for. That's not an exaggeration. It was to assault all sense of nationhood, nation-state, rule of law, decency, dignity, and just put fear into the community and say, here we are. And for what? What's the platform? What's the grievance? That we're not who they are? They kill people because of who they are. And they kill people because of what they believe. And it's indiscriminate. They kill Shia, they kill Yazidis, they kill Christians, they kill Druze, they kill Ismaili. They kill anybody who isn't them and doesn't pledge to be them. And they carry with them the greatest uh, public display of misogyny that I've ever seen. Not to mention uh, a false claim regarding Islam. Now listen to this. This is especially precious here, what's coming up now. Has nothing to do with Islam. Oh no, nothing. Has everything to do with criminality, with terror, with abuse, with psychopathism. I mean, you name it. Yeah, it has nothing to do with Islam, you understand? That's the uh, Secretary of State of the United States. It, it has nothing to do with Islam. But but it, it, it goes even further. Because at the beginning of this, he said, we, we sort of get the Charlie Hebdo attack. He doesn't mention that immediately after that, Jews were were murdered in the Hyper Kasher supermarket. They weren't doing anything. But even those in Charlie Hebdo, we get it that they got them angry. What has he, what is he missing? What part of this doesn't he get? That they had a rationale? That, that, that 
attach yourself to somehow say, okay, they're really angry because of this and that? Because of a cartoon? The Secretary of State of the United States can get up and say that? And then it has nothing to do with Islam. It has every, they're criminals, they're terror, they're not, it's abuse, it's psychopath. It has nothing to do with Islam. No, no, no. The fact that they yell out Allahu Akbar, the fact that they are Islamic, the fact that they're motivated by their religion, and that they're doing this in the name of their religion. But it has nothing to do with Islam. Oh no. And he can find a rationale. This is diff- different because there we could find the rationale, but here, no, you don't, don't you get it? You want to look for a rationale? Here's the rationale. They want to take over the world. They want to destroy the West. They want to destroy Judeo-Christian world, the Judeo-Christian ethic. They want to establish Islam throughout the globe. That is what they want to do. It does have to do with Islam. Oh my, Mr. Mr. Kerry, what you don't get is just beyond comprehension. I don't even, like, you're left speechless, really. Really, really, it's, you're left speechless when you hear that. Oh, there's more, there's more. He spoke at another time at Paris, like the next night, about an American student who was studying in Paris, who was in France for a year or a semester, who was shot down. Her name was Naomi Gonzalez. Listen how he pays tribute, John Kerry does, to Naomi Gonzalez. Among those who died on Friday night was an American student, Noemi Gonzalez. Noemi had come to Paris for the same reasons that so many Americans do and have for centuries, to expand her horizons, enrich her education, and experience the magic of this city. As one of her former classmates put it, Noemi's death the world lost such a beautiful, shining light. You hear the passion with which he speaks of the American student who was killed in a terror attack? Would you expect that the sec- Do you expect that the Secretary of State will talk with the same passion about an American young man, Ezra Schwartz, who was murdered by a terrorist in Israel? Nope. Not really, no, he didn't mention it, no. The president didn't mention it either. But when asked, the spokesperson for the State Department read a statement. It took him about a minute as he was riffling through his pages, and then finally somebody brought it to him, and he read it in the most laconic, most most like run-through-it way, passionless. Here. Here's how the State Department spokesperson expressed the United States government's sadness about the murder of an American citizen, Ezra Schwartz, and compare it to what you just heard about the uh, innocent victim in Paris.
we do believe that about the death of Ezra Schwartz, an American citizen from Massachusetts who was murdered in a terrorist attack on Thursday while in Israel to pursue his studies. Again, we extend our deepest condolences to the victim's family, friends, and community, as well as the family and friends of the four other people killed in yesterday's tragic events. The Secretary is also concerned about the five other American citizens who were victims of the attacks and wishes each of them a full and complete recovery. We continue to condemn in the strongest possible terms these outrageous terrorist attacks, these tragic incidents underscore the importance of taking affirmative steps to restore calm. Do you, uh, the other five Americans that you mentioned were all wounded yesterday, or is this over the course of? No, it's the same, same, same attack. This seems like an awful lot of Amer- Americans to be killed or injured, no? Well, it's obviously disconcerting. I, I, uh, we don't want to see that. I, I, if you're asking me if I could draw a line of causation here or intent or motive, I, I, I can't. All right. Well, the uh, the student from Massachusetts. No, the State Department spokesman can. He, he he has no way of knowing what the motive was. Oh, God save us.
Yishai Rebo, Mikdash Melech, on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Wangart, and you're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. Nefesh Benefesh is our sponsor. This is an amazing organization, an organization that does everything in its power to help us make Aliyah, go to live in Israel. That's right, the thing we should be doing. They are they are the perfect example of how individual innovation and initiative can take off and replace years of government bureaucracy. They have done such an amazing job. Their charter flights are legendary. Their assistance for Olim, both on this side and when and after they arrive in Israel, is so valuable and has made so many families, Aliyah, successful. So please do check out their website, see when they'll be in your area, go and take a look. You know, it's not, you're not obligated to anything, they're not gonna kidnap you <laughs> and send you to Israel. NBN, Nefesh Benefesh, NBN.org, dot IL, NBN.org, dot IL. This show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, revolutionizing Aliyah. We had an opportunity to speak, to interview Yaakov Berg, is the CEO of Sagot Winery. Last week, the European Union recommended to their member countries that products made by Jews in Yehuda, Shomron, and the Golan, you hear that, by Jews in Yehuda, Shomron, and the Golan, cannot be marked product of Israel, because they claim it would be misleading, but must be specifically tagged, flagged, product of the West Bank, now that's not enough, Israeli settlement. We interviewed, and, and by the way, they specifically write in the guidelines that it's not enough to write product of the West Bank. That's not acceptable. And the Golan Heights, by the way, I'm wondering who the European Union thinks should be controlling the Golan Heights now. Syria? I mean, really? Seriously? But, by the way, if you're a Palestinian company, if your company is owned by Arabs, not Jews, then you can write product of the West Bank, Palestinian product, or product of Gaza, or product of Palestine. That's interesting. Wow. They want to be so accurate about where it comes from. They're quoting the name of a place that doesn't exist. Anyway, we interviewed Yaakov Berg, the CEO of Psagot Winery, a leading winery near the town of Psagot in Eretz Binyamin, whose wine will be labeled in Europe as coming from an Israeli settlement, and we're going to share with you now uh, some of our interview with him. We asked Yaakov Berg, just as a start, to give us a little background about the Psagot Winery and uh, their history and what they do. We in Psagot Winery, we started to produce wine about 13 years ago, 2003. It's not just like a, um, I can say, a hobby with uh, 3,000 bottles, and today we're producing about 250,000 bottles, something like that. 250,000 so bottles? 250,000 yes, bottles? So, wow. Yes, yes, yes. 
we almost, uh, dub, you know, we double our production almost every year, uh, Baruch Hashem, and uh, our main uh, market is it's export. We export about 17% of our production to different countries. And wh- how much of that is to Europe? About, um, I would say about 20% of our export is to Europe. I mean, you said only 20% of all your exports are to Europe. So your, maybe your winery isn't affected as much. Are there other wineries or other industries that you are aware of whose export maybe is 80% to Europe, and, and how are they affected? In agriculture, it can affect much, much more because, you know, somebody growing, uh, I don't know, oranges or, or tomatoes, and if they repeat, I'm not going to buy for you because this is the main market because nobody can send vegetables to the United States too, too far. Uh-huh. So, yeah, there are some businesses that really can affect much, much more than, than, than my business. Do you speak to the person in Europe that is buying your product? Just the man on the street, whether it's, no, it's the store no, 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 owner? No. We need, it's, a, it's a good question. And, and let's say, I mean, we need to understand that that decision, it didn't made by by the final customer. Right. The people that's standing behind that decision, it's it's people that they, you know, it's organization, government, that they are against Israel. They're trying to hurt Israel. They're trying to tell to Israel what to do in other subjects, in political issues. And this is the way to do it. Or I would say that, you know, in the past, they're trying to, they, they thought that they can beat us in the battlefield. I think everybody understands that Baruch Hashem, they are not going to do it. Okay, we win and we won again and again and again and again. So now they are looking for another battlefield and they find the economy and they think that through the economy, by the economy to say, to, to fret us, to say, you know what, if you are, you are not going to do what we think you're supposed to do, so the Israel economy will, will collapse, we are going to do, and, and uh, this is a fight and, uh, and we need to win. They can't fight us on the battlefields, he says, so they're going to fight us uh, in the economy, and we have to fight back, and we're going to win. Uh, Yaakov Berg, we're speaking to, he's the CEO of the Psagot Winery near the town of Psagot in the uh, in Eretz Binyamin, sometimes known by some as the Shomron. Uh, we continue our conversation with him. He explains why these regulations, and he makes such an interesting point, why these regulations are purely racist. Here's our continuing our interview with Yaakov Berg. According to their decision, if I'm going tomorrow morning, sell my our winery to a Palestinian guy, what's supposed to be written on the label? Only West Bank, not Israeli settlement. Right. If I'm going to sell it to American guy, it's little bit. So it's, in other words, it's a question of ownership. It's a pure racism. But I think that if we would say all those things and to say that it's anti-Semitism and this is against Israel, it's not. We are. That's not the right way because they see that we're taking it very seriously. So I believe that what we're supposed to do, we're really supposed to do, it's to prove by numbers, not by talking, by numbers, that from that decision, a year from that decision, Israel, and especially Jordan and Samaria, are going to sell much more, twice more. It's not a very tolerant, uh, Europe claims that they're very tolerant. So if Israel doesn't do what they want, so then we're going to try and hit you in the pocket. Lisa, you know, you know the Europeans. Always, they will, they will never say it in your face. 
you know, they are very nice, they are very polite, they give very good excuses. I mean, they say, three, four years ago, they, they say, listen, we just want to give information to our customers. We want to inform them where it's coming from. I mean, okay, you know, it's a, it's a, a, but now everybody said that it's, it's such a huge, it's such a big lie because when you force us to, to, to write on the label, made in West Bank, Israeli settlement. Right. Is it a ge- geographic definition? You know, for 2,000 years, I mean, maybe more, in all the French map, and it's written Israeli. So if you want where it's coming from, it's coming from Israel. It's, you know, West Bank, Israel. It's not a geographic. It's a, it's a political dis- right, it's not a geographic, a geographic location. It's it a be- political definition. Exactly. If you push for peace process, for, for real peace, tell me how, how it makes sense. If you really want peace, you need to encourage businesses in Judea and Samaria, because if there is a business, I know I hire Palestinian workers. I know them, they know me. I go to their uh, smachot, to their, to, their, to, their, to, you know, to their events, they come to my, we know each other. Then maybe one day it can come. Is there any statistic that you're aware of, of how many Arab, Palestinian Arabs work in these manufacturing businesses that are now being labeled? Does anybody sure, know more that? than 20, more than 20,000. More than 20,000? Yes, I, I would say more than that. And it's not just, I would say that 50% of the economy in, in, in the Palestinian economy depend on us. It's not, on us, I mean, not inside Israel, in Judea and Samaria. Right, 50%. Because it's the, very close. Yeah, Arab- it's a huge number. I, I, you know what? Because of that, Abu Mazen himself, you know, you, you know that he's not a oil soil, okay? Yeah. He's not a guy that really loves the Jewish people, yeah. okay? He's not right. praying for us every, every morning. Has he been he fighting? Also himself, he also himself didn't like that decision. Why? Because he understood that he's going to hurt him. So I'm just saying, take a look at those, of those cruel and evil Europeans. They are so want to, to destroy and to hurt Israel that they make such a decision that anybody understands doesn't make any sense. It's not going to bring peace.
منیشی کورم اینیش بر دم بیف امین بشو سیبر بیشه مشکار خمیمه مشکلی تخت میمه بیستاف شلخت مقلیم میکینارات و خلیلیم میسرنادو تتصوفات میشته انای خیفات آنی شکار ولو میان این یدیدای آنی شکار میمشرد را آدنای آنی شکار راشی راشی علای سرخار آنی شکار آخرت لو آیی دیشار یاسی بنای اپروپیت موسیقی شکار ولو میان You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm Mayor Weingarten. We continue our conversation with Yaakov Berg of the uh, Psagot Winery. And what makes Yaakov special is his approach to the EU's new anti-settlement measures. He says we can overturn the edict. We're not going to change their minds. We'll find it by getting more people to buy Israeli products. And with that in mind, he's spearheading a website called Blessings of Israel.com, we continue speaking with Yaakov Berg of the Psagot Winery. Now what we're trying to say everywhere, that now the best way to support Israel is to support Israel economy. Why to buy a bottle of olive oil from Italy or from France? Buy it from Israel. Same price, better quality, and you support. You know, we don't, and this is the, the, the I think, the, the miracle. We don't, Israel, thanks God, we don't need Charity. We don't need, we need, but we just need to find our friends, our allies, that they are going to to stand with us right now. I understand that you're working on a new website that would encourage people to purchase. Tell me about what it is, how so, it works. So because of that, because exactly like you said, that there are, I I know that in the state it's, it's millions of people, maybe 80 million, 70 million, huge numbers. We, we find out that the, the, the problem is to find it. Like it's not, again, if you go on the shelves in Texas, it's difficult to look for or to find Israeli products. So what we're trying to do now, it's really to do it in a website. It's going to be called Blessings of Israel. And Zrat Hashem, it's, uh, we are going to be on air, let's say, a week from now, maybe five, six days from now. And we gather products. It's going to be in a gift set products from very the best factories, interesting boutique factories in Israel. If it's a food product, we, we find we found factories in the Golan Heights, in Judea and Samaria, in you know in Gaza Strip, whatever. Every 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 fine, nice product that, that really it's special. It's not something that you can find in the supermarket. It's something that brings something new. We put it in the gift set. Very nice. Everything labeled in in, in, in a private label you know, under the blessings of Israel. And every package comes with a story, with 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 a brochure that explains. We don't we don't shy. The Europeans think that we are going to to hide where where we came from, where our where our factory is located. Opposite. We tell our story. We tell the story of the factory. Exactly there is a map where it's located and what is the story. And if the father of the owner is I don't know, Holocaust survivor, whatever is the son, everything, you know, all the knowledge, everything Right. If somebody wants to buy a bottle of wine or a bottle of oil, that you're not selling that. You're only you're setting gift sets, basically. Is yes, that correct? we're trying. Yeah, we start. Yes, we are going to do it. But in the beginning, we start with gift gift set, and we have a warehouse. With I sent already twenty thousand gift set to the state. We have a warehouse. Like somebody order it two or three days, you can get it. 
yeah, we're starting with gifted because I want that, first of all, you have, let's say you have, you do business with somebody, you have a friend, you, have, you can send it to him. It's not just something to approach Of course, you can use right. it. It's about, I would say, maybe 20 years already. 20 it years. Starts with the Golan Heights. Let's say uh, it starts with the Golan Heights, money that really start to produce very fine, high, high-end wine. And now it's become, exactly like you said, uh, we have uh, a lot of, Wonderful wineries in Israel that bring really very good products. How do you explain? How do you explain this sudden growth? Was it? There did, is did no. The I don't think there is explanation. Just individuals that no, decided no. to do it, or there is no government help. It's I. I don't know. You know, it's difficult to say, but I think that because now in Israel the the, the economy, it's, it's, you know, in the beginning of Israel, we need to fight. When you fight for for your life, for life. You don't have time for extra, and wine usually it's extra. You know, it's, it's something that it's is for good life. It's not luxury exactly. It's not something basic. But today, that uh, really Israel, it's 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 a, such a nice country that uh, it's like every every Western world country. Right. So Absolutely. now it's come, and, and and more than that, we believe that this is the blessing. This is the blessing that God promised There's us. No that the, the land will come back to us. It's really a blessing. You know what? I can't explain to you. Okay. I'm hiring. You know, I have uh, some. You know, a very very famous winemaker, Michel Ronan from 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 France. I don't know if you heard about him, but he he, he advised to about 200 wineries all around the world. Very famous. First time when he came to Israel, he says, "Israel wine impossible. <laughs> it's a desert." Today, when he came, first time when he came to our to, to, to our vineyard and he took he take, took a look. He says, here you want to grow grapes? You're crazy. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rocky land. Everything is a rock. How are we going to do it? So we drill. In order to plant our vineyard, we drill in, in, in the rock. We drill, we plant it. It took some time. And today, it's unbelievable. Wow. And I can't explain. You no, know, I really, I don't have, I don't have good answers. I guess that the answer is it's a, it's a blessing from above. It's exactly, exactly. Because so when it's a blessing for, from above, you understand that I'm not worrying. I'm not worrying from, from, from some European and their stupid and cruel decision. It's not. Uh, but, but again, uh, like, uh, like, like a good Jew, I think we need to do something. We cannot sit and say who will do it. Of course, it's very important. It's really more than just if you sell whatever I don't know shoes for me. Right. <laughs> Wine is something, you know, it's something special. It really represents the land. It represents, it represents our story, and, and, and this is what we're trying to do. Yaakov Berg, CEO of Psagot Winery in the town of Psagot. Is it in Shomron or in Binyamin? Where are you located? It, it's in Binyamin. Binyamin, we are located about 15 minutes north of Jordan, 20 minutes from the city center. And really, I, I, I invite everyone, every, Everybody that's listening to you and, and, and coming to Israel or coming to Jerusalem, you are invited with a very nice visiting center. That deal with everything that we just talked. Send groups to your uh, visiting centers, and it really is a beautiful place and, and a great tour and a wonderful place for people to go when they're in Israel. Thank you very much. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you for your support. All the best to you. Chazak v'nitchazek. Chazak v'nitchazek. Shalom, shalom. Well, there was more to the interview that we uh, couldn't get to, but he made some great points, and we tried to bring to you the most important and salient points. The website, which is not active yet, but you can take it, take a look at it in about a week or so, Blessings of Israel, Blessings, plural, 
www.psagotwinery.com and the Psagot Winery is psagotwinery.com or that's the I'm not 100% sure. We'll post it later on our Facebook page, Psagot, P-S-A-G-O-T. Just do a Google search, P-S-A-G-O-T Winery in, uh, in Israel. And, um, he mentioned that, um, they've exported now to the United States huge amounts, uh, helped dramatically by royal wines that we know as Kedem. He, he just could not praise them enough for the work that they've done uh, on behalf of Israeli wines and, and bringing them to the United States. So we want to mention them as well. And um, we're trying to end the show on a positive light. And when we think about um, wines and the Shomron and so forth, you think about the uh, the chapter in Yirmiyahu, that we read as the Haftorah of Rosh Hashanah, second day. Ko Amar Hashem, Matzachen Bamidbar, Am Suidei Charev, Haloch Lahar Yisrael. I'm paraphrasing. God says, there is this nation, a nation who survived the sword of Egypt, Suidei Charev, schlepping through the desert, tired, hot, thirsty, war-torn, complaining, and yet, God says, I like them. I like these guys. Matzachen. And I will bring them to their resting place. Haloch lahargiyo Yisrael. But, when is this being said? Now, toward the end of the first Beit HaMikdash, during the times of Yirmiyahu, the northern state of Israel, Ephraim, Shomron, is a mess. It's a mess. They suffer from foreign, foreign domination, Destruction, their future is bleak, yet God continues to love them and promises that at a future time, He, God, will restore the land of Israel. He will rebuild the Shomron. In the future, you will celebrate the rebuilding. You will sing and dance in great joy. And all this has come true in our day, in our generation. And one more promise that God made through Yirmiyahu some 2,600, 2,600 years ago, God said through Yirmiyahu. And this too we are seeing fulfilled before our very eyes and it ties in, of course, with the interview that we just did these mountains of the Shomron were well known as being great vineyards the day will come when you will again plant vineyards when you will have an abundance of great wine that will be known the world over when the wineries will plant and enjoy their product. That's the promise given to us so long ago. We're seeing it in action. We're seeing it fulfilled before our very, very eyes. We're going to close out with Yishai Rebo and Kol Dodi. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of Nachum Siegel Network and my very special thanks as always to Nachum Siegel coming up 
on the Nachum Siegel Network. Encore presentations of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, followed by headlines with David Lichtenstein, and then the great Monday Music Marathon. I'll be filling in for Nachum over at JM in the AM this coming Wednesday. Join us, won't you, between 6 and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on JM in the AM. And until then, and next Monday immediately following JM in the AM here, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. כל דודין הזה בא ככה מספרים להסיר את כל הרע ואת קרננו להרים מתוך תאומות עפר ולהקיץ נרדמים עם תרועת שופר כל דודין הזה בא כך פשטה להשמועה וכל תינוק שנשבע קיבל את הנבואה אז בוא נצא לקראתו בתופים ועוגב שירו לו זמר ולו אשרם שהשם אלוקיו ואז יפוח היום והשקל יתהדה אז יצאו במחול כל איילות השדה וידלגו על הערים ולא מחמה Thank <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
כל דודי נזקה 